Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. Brought to you by Thrivent. Find your purpose, live your calling. Start your next career today by going to thriventfinancial.com slash advisor careers, or you can email david.sample at thrivent.com. This is the opportunity that could bring some meaning and purpose to your work. At Thrivent, you have the full support of a Fortune 500 company backed by a 100-year legacy. Explore all of that at thrivent.com slash careers. All right. Welcome, everybody. So good to be with you today. And guess what? As usual, I have someone who's going to help us understand something about education, something specific, something wonderful. And this man, he's he's now a friend of the show officially, Kevin Chavis, president, Stride Incorporated, education reform leader and author. He's the author of many books, the latest one, Building a Learning Culture in America. You can find his books and everything about him at kevinpchavis.com. But today we're going to be talking about summer camps. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Stacy, I am delighted to join you, and uh, you do terrific work, so thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited because one of the things that has made um, raising our kids really fun in the summer was seeing them go to different kinds of educational opportunities in the summertime. So the end of school, the end of homework, the end of, you know, uh, end of chapter tests and quizzes and uh, end of course exams and all of that. And over the summer, they would take things that were really educational in nature, but there was no testing involved, no stress, which made the learning more fun. And they would come home at night. I'll, I'll never forget when they took fencing at the YMCA. All three of them took the class. It was a class about fencing. So they learned about the history of fencing and when fencing was you know, kind of a thing and that certain people still fence to this day as their exercise and sport. And they came home with these little moves that they could do. And they would sometimes take their finger and touch and then, you know, basically declare that they had defeated the other one. And then I would just laugh because I never knew they they were interested in this. But when I said, oh, they're offering these classes, they took a look at the classes. They said, we'll try fencing. I did not. I didn't, I didn't make any comments. I didn't say, oh, that's odd. I just said, OK, signed up for them, paid for it. And they still to this day will sometimes talk about that summer camp, which they could have done it as a after school activity and continued throughout the year. They weren't interested in that. But it's just an example of how you can stretch children over the summer without any resistance because summer camp is fun. Summer camp can definitely be fun, Stacey. And in fact, uh, it's a lot different when I was growing up in Indiana. Um, You know, I'm a little bit old school and I remember, boy, People did not want to go to summer school, but there are so many cool things. You mentioned fencing. Um, and, and by the way, I think COVID has shown uh, the country that there's, there are fun virtual summer camps uh, where you can do anything from algebra and get, get credit to career training to coding to esports, which is taken off like, like crazy, uh, all for free. And uh, we found it at uh, Stride, uh, the company I work for, that um, a lot of parents had their eyes open to not just the fun aspect of, of summer camps, but, but the fact that you can do it virtually and kids can be engaged and have fun with it. So you mentioned the educational aspect as in something that is specifically geared towards catching up or advancing in an area, which we've done that too. And I thought one of the, the most interesting things about the summer camp opportunities to, to learn something and catch up is they're not as excited about it initially, 
But then when they get there and realize that it's formatted differently, or if it's online, we have actually done one one specific thing we did online over a summer, um, and it was just for two weeks. And it, honestly, I, I didn't think it would be very successful, but it was. So you all of the options that you just named off can be tailored to your child's needs so that the summer doesn't have to be a brain drain. Rather, it can be something where your child hits the ground running in the fall with something new in their toolkit or some new knowledge base that perhaps they weren't able to gain during the school year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, I think that uh, we are learning that uh, education and the learning experience for children can be um, executed in different ways. For instance, we have, uh, as part of the summer, summer clubs and challenges we put in place, weekly Lego challenges. Now, that has uh, implications that could help children in terms of understanding math, uh, understanding geometry, uh, but it's all built around Lego. And um, the thing is that when you have teachers who are trained at how to integrate some of these tools and some of these fun sounding or feeling games into uh, actual uh, instructional advances for children, that's when the magic happens. And so we have to be creative because today's child uh, is is different. They get bored easily. Their attention span is, is, is challenged oftentimes because of their sort of uh, reliance on, on, on handheld devices. Uh, but boy, if you, can, if you can strike that chord, it can be meaningful for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned some things, Kevin, that I think as parents, we were kind of aware of them, but everything's so fast paced and there is some benefit to them having the phones or the tablets or the screens. And so we kind of try to mentally balance that out. But the fact is um, a heavy screen based environment for adults can reduce attention span. And we will notice that, uh, you know, just I, we were at a hotel over the weekend, my husband and I, we were watching regular television for about 30 minutes and we couldn't get through it because of all the commercials, because we're so used to watching streaming television. And at the hotel, they don't really have that option. So we basically just turn the TV off because we have no ability to tolerate commercials anymore. So it just goes to show you how once you're used to some new, it, once once your routine is set, when you try to deviate from that, it can be it can be a stretch. Now, my husband and I are not spring chickens anymore. We're not children. Children are more adaptable. But the time they spend on their screens can impact their uh, ability to receive that new form of, of learning and knowledge, which to me, it just points to why summer camps are so important, even if they're virtual, because it gives them something different that they have to mold around instead of keeping everything the same. You're absolutely right. And there's a rule of thumb that, that we like to use when it comes to the virtual education experience. For younger kids, the elementary school kids, uh, less time online, more time in terms of play or assignments that prepare them for their online experience. And for the older kids, they can do more online uh, because they tend to be more self-starters. So how does that play out? Let's, let's take, for instance, uh, a, a cooking challenge or a, a cake decorating competition. Uh, for younger kids, uh, once they know what's going on and understand, they warm up to it, and they can spend a lot of time preparing for the virtual experience of sharing what 
they've put together in terms of cookies or, or baking or what have you. And I think that's, that's what's really important, that we really have to make sure that our kids get the benefit of, and the parents understand how that balance plays out, uh, particularly among young children. They can do a lot to get ready for the online experience and still find it meaningful. And by the way, they really enjoy sharing in those Zoom calls what they put put in place. So I'm on the website. It's stridelearning.com. And, and on here, it, there's just a ton of great information. There's even on this slider, there's one called Learn Something New This Summer. Check out Stride's K-12 great lineup of tuition-free online summer courses and camps and have fun learning with new friends. Um, now, our kids are, are our youngest just graduated from high school. So she's not doing summer camps this summer. She's working because <laughs> she wants as much spending money as possible for the fall um, when she goes to, off to college. And our older two are doing internships. But I remember thinking to myself that there there were a lot of really expensive options back when we were, you know, summer camp every summer. The A lot of the options, especially the better ones, were so expensive. And there was a lot of competition for the more affordable options, so much so that there would they would sell out well before the summer um, and there would be no space. And so this this opens it up for more opportunity for people who may not be as involved with summer camp right now to explore it in, in this way. I, I think this is so interesting as I'm scrolling down. You say opening doors for learners of every age, every ambition K through 12 schools, school district solutions, college and career prep, corporate and career boot camps. What what's that about? Well, it really gives kids the opportunity to um, explore different pathways. Uh, let's say IT, business, healthcare. It used to be, Stacy, the old idea of vocational education was you had a building, a brick and mortar site. Kids would come in, maybe they learn how to fix a car and, and or, or, or develop a skill. But it was it was labor intensive, and uh, it, it was usually at a, a, a physical location. Now uh, we are entering career pathways, introductory career pathway opportunities for kids as young as middle school, just to get them engaged and get them to think about what's possible, and they can take introduction into. Uh, radiology or some other area in the healthcare sciences field or IT or even agriculture. A lot of people don't know or, or, you know, if you're not in the space, there's so much of farming in the future is based on, you know, the the digital uh, usage of artificial intelligence or virtual reality or even drones. We introduce those kinds of things to young people. And it is, I'm telling you, it is something to see the light bulb turn on when they understand that, wow, you can make a great living by understanding this nexus between the uh, online world and the practical application of things in the field, so to speak. And so we feel that summer is a great opportunity to have kids scroll through what may interest them and then introduce them to some of these pathway opportunities. And if it sticks, great. If not, what happens is at least we've uh, sort of stimulated uh, the love of learning. And that's what's most important in terms of keeping them on a, on a productive learning journey. It is. It is. You talk about that, that light bulb going off. And I have, I have to kind of go back around just really quickly. 
You mentioned the weekly Lego challenges. We were a huge Lego family when our kids were in that age range, and they still have a lot of the more complicated ones we've made put together and stored in their, you know, on a shelf in their bedroom or on a bookshelf down downstairs somewhere. Um, and those, I remember those as being wonderful times because it was quiet and, you know, we would work on the Lego thing together and we would often get into these conversations or, you know, giggling fest or we were just laughing about something stupid, just, you know, couldn't stop laughing. They were really wonderful times. And I think the Legos, in addition to helping with, you know, mathematics and following instructions and reasoning, but it also helps with the spatial kind of skill set where you yeah. can envision something in your mind. And that is a skill that we don't rely on as heavily anymore because we have 3D modeling on computers and phones and you, you don't have to figure things out spatially yourself anymore. And you don't even have to figure out spatially how you would get from, let's say, or I would get from here in St. Louis to Indianapolis. I no longer have to map that out on a map and then envision that in my mind. I can just type the address in on my on my car or my phone and a voice will tell me, you know, go straight for 300 miles and then turn right or veer slightly to your left. I mean, they really <laughs> it's it's very detailed. Yep. Um and that's a skill that um I think we we're going to be we're 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 actually going to regret not having our children have the spatial knowledge that we have because we used to have to use maps. Um, so what about for parents who are there, they might be listening to this and thinking, okay, great summer camps, um, virtual options. Uh, wh- where do I begin? Is it easy for a family to interface with stride and find something that works for their children? Um, for, for let's say this summer, we're already into the summer, but there's still weeks left for people to engage their kids in something great. Yeah, there is. But, but, but I need to go back because by the way, you would have been a great teacher. I can tell you would have. You would have been an awesome teacher, Stacey, uh, when you talk about how to engage children. And I think that education as a whole is going through this incredible transformation regarding the role of the teacher. It used to be that teachers uh, were the deliverers, the sole deliverers of content. So they would stand up in front of a classroom, lecture, kids would then, you know, take notes, memorize it, send it back to the teacher by a, a test and then forget it a week later. Okay, so that's that's sort of the old school, and, and, and I don't mean to criticize it work well, but today's teacher, and this is why I think you would have been great at it if you hadn't talked before, uh, understands that they're not the deliverers of content because kids have content at their fingertips. Rather, they, are, they will help kids manage, prioritize, uh, you know, place the right attention on what type of content, where to look, how to look, you know, how to discern information, uh, how to take, go beyond what the lesson plan uh, lays out. So I think that is really a critical sort of inflection point for us. So when you talk about, you know, how parents get involved, part of what COVID has done is allow parents to look under the tent a little bit at what's going on in the classroom. And I think more and more parents are seeing that this this sort of transformation happening in education, I think ultimately it's going to be great for teachers and kids because, Stacey, we need our kids to be critical analytical thinkers. We need them to understand how to work in groups, uh, the socialization aspect of problem solving. And uh, summer camps uh, that 
you know, we offer and others are offering it. We offer it for free when they pick and choose some of these uh, potential courses to take on. That's what, you know, we're hoping to accomplish. Not only if they want it for credits or to make something up or some of the fun stuff, but to get them to hone in on these critical and analytical thinking skills that, frankly, uh, are being lost, I think, with some of the things that's happened in education in recent years. So they can easily sign on to stridelearning.com. Look for the, you know, if it doesn't jump right out at it, you can, you know, in the search bar, look at summer camp opportunities just like you did. Uh, They could call a number, uh, 855-840-4864, you know, 855-840-4864. Get straight into the summer camp offering, and I would just suggest that, you know, if they have questions, they talk with folks, but registering is as easy as, you know, accessing those two mediums, either online or phone number, signing up and getting kids enrolled. Okay, that's exciting because that's nice and easy, and parents are looking for easy options that they can access, Um, but there's, there's a little bit more to this, and I think we're all looking as parents to try to get from where we're motivating and kind of driving educational opportunities, educational interest to switching the switch, flipping the switch, like you mentioned, where a light bulb goes off and a child realizes, I enjoy learning. I, I want to be in charge of this. I want to, I want to drive this. I, my interests are, and then it kind of takes off on its own. And the sooner you can get that to happen, the better. But it's never too late to uh, initiate that spark in a child and give them the opportunity to really access education as their own thing. Um, so you you are an expert. You have also you've had a legal career. You're an attorney. Um, so I have a question about policy, specifically how policymakers can ensure families have access to multiple learning options. Um, it, this is one of those things where. You know, some people feel like, oh, no, that's getting political, but it's not political at all, as education is something that every child in America should be fully accessing and taking advantage of. So what what policy do you feel like, uh, you know, politicians and people at the local level, everyone who's involved in education, what do you feel like you what needs to happen? Well, I mean, what's that old old school movie, uh, Tom Cruise? You had me at hello, Stacey. This is a sweet spot for me. I, I I feel passionately that we should depoliticize education as much as possible. Now, I know you know a lot of people say that's not practical, but frankly, it should be uh, an aspirational goal of all of us. There's no Republican or Democratic way to teach a kid how to read, write, or count. And I think that we have allowed party politics to influence our uh, policy-making education to the detriment of students teachers and families. So what policies do I support? It's simple. You know, I'm a, I'm a former public official in D.C., and when I talk to folks around the country, especially when I was, you know, I've been in 49 states, you know, giving speeches and talking about this work, and I've often been asked by legislators on both sides of the aisle, governors, presidents, you know, about this. And I, I have one simple barometer that I think we should use to uh, decide on whether or not we'll support a, a a proposed policy. And that is, will this proposal, will this suggestion, will this idea, will this law help a child or group of children learn? 
If the answer is yes, I'm for it. If it's no, I'm against it. Now, that means that that if if there is a, a proposal for an alternative education model, it could be an online school. Uh, it could be a school to help kids who have, you know, you know, had have had contact with the criminal justice system. If it's a charter school, it's a magnet school, a specialty school, home school, by any means necessary, I'm for it. I think if we if we put that lens on education policy, it would free us up. And by the way, you don't have to check with your party caucus on that. You don't have to check with the school superintendents. Frankly, you don't have to check with anyone but your own conscience. And, and, and I feel passionately about this, Stacey. I feel that we have allowed layers of political infighting to impact on West Virginia families. And by the way, it, 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 plays, this out, it, it plays itself out in, in, in utterly ridiculous ways, where I've been to school board meetings where a lady literally lived across the street from the school, but it was out of district, out of boundary, and she had to fight two years to be able to walk her kid across the street to another district to go to school. And the board, you know, they spent hours, hundreds of hours in briefs back and forth and appeals. And how does that help a child learn? Uh, And I understand we have to have rules in place, and there's taxing policies, and there's school districts, and there's budgets, and there's all this stuff. But at the end of of the day, I I just think that our approach to education needs to be revamped and taken out of the body politic. And I actually think that parents would embrace that if our leaders did. So, you know, I don't have one policy that I promote other than the mindset behind deciding on a policy should be front and center. Will this help a child or group of children learn? So it's... It's so simple. It could trip people up. I'll tell you that, Kevin. It could trip people up because simplicity is often the enemy of the bureaucracy and the political aims. I love it because it's the easiest question that you can answer. It's a yes or no. Uh, It doesn't require any more pontification or, you know, I believe this or I have always supported that. It's just, does this help kids learn? Yes. Okay, then let's explore it. Let's do it. Let's fund it. Let's make it happen. We have too much talking, too much bureaucracy, too many people in charge, not enough people who are willing to boil things down to this beautiful, simple paradigm that could then help more kids. Because I think people forget when when we're all arguing about the political aspects of education, there are kids who are falling in the cracks. And any child who is not reading and doing math on grade level by the fourth grade, the prison industrial complex is already measuring out how many, how many thousands of kids are in that situation and they're planning on beds in the prison system for them. They're building, expanding, looking at their numbers of space because they know those kids who can't read and do math on grade level will eventually fall behind far enough in school that they no longer go. And then they are ushered into the criminal justice system because whatever we don't teach our kids at home, my, my aunt used to say it all the time, the streets will teach your kids. And if the streets don't teach them, the police will teach them because they'll be the ones arresting them. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty harsh. And she's like, just discipline them at home, teach them at home. So the streets don't have to teach them. And I was like, well, that's, I mean, that's a bit rough. I was just talking about a little bit of tantruming. She's just too, she's going through her tantrum. <laughs> but, you know, the point that she was making is valid. So uh, too many people discount that. Um, so as we're closing out here, 
And I feel like I could just continue to plumb the depths of your historical experience and <laughs> knowledge for so much longer. But um, I want to I want to talk just a little bit about educational technology, which benefits students of all backgrounds. So you mentioned kids who may have even been in contact with, you know, maybe they've been incarcerated, they've been arrested. And this is a reality in our country. It does happen. We, we don't we don't want it, but it, it does happen. So how can summer camps and this focus on, on education, just what helps kids get an education, help kids in that situation? Well, again, many kids who are, who've been, uh, they're disaffected by the system. They've had challenges at home. They're, uh, they have academic, social, uh, emotional challenges. Some kids, uh, many of the kids that we uh, have in our schools, uh, they just can't thrive in a brick-and-mortar setting. Many kids are bullied. Some kids lash out, and they have contact with the criminal justice system. I think the best way to approach kids who come from challenged backgrounds or suffer from the trauma associated with poverty is engagement. Our goal should be to have children view learning not as a sort of end game. You want to get through middle school, get through high school, even get through college but as a gateway toward lifelong learning, the journey of learning. And we need to excite the possibility. So for those kids who've had, you know, these acute challenges, that's where I think summer camp can be a, a, a stimulant. And um, esports. Uh, I, I alluded to earlier, I am amazed. I mean, I was an athlete, but I'm amazed at how esports has taken off around the country. And you have kids who are able to have that light sort of come back on in terms of what's possible just through being involved in some of the esports camps. Uh, but there are others as well. I mean, you've got theater clubs, you've got all these different things. I think the summer camp gives, gives parents an opportunity to scroll through the list, talk to some of the teachers, even in, in virtually they can click on to descriptions about what the clubs or the, the, the camps or even the classrooms offer, they can look at some of the teachers, get a preview of, of how they approach it. And it we should look at it as a way to stimulate and engage kids across the board, but especially those who are otherwise disengaged. It could be a life changer. I'm so excited about what people are going to be able to do since they've got an opportunity once our podcast goes live to actually engage with the content that you have at your website and to check out your books and your offerings on, on education. And even you've written um, some fiction, a novel series that people can enjoy as well. Uh, you've just done so much good with the time that you've had so far. Can't wait to see what else you do since you crank out the books, you offer educational <laughs> options to kids over the summer. You've also been an attorney. Um, you're not leaving any stone unturned or any work for anybody else to do. And I love it. I'm here for it. The website is stridelearning.com, and it has been our pleasure today to chat with an expert uh, in this field and giving us the opportunity to learn more. Kevin Chavis, President, Stride Incorporated, Education Reform Leader, Author, Attorney, uh, KevinPChavis.com and stridelearning.com. Those are in the show notes for today's podcast. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Thank you, Stacey. It's been a pleasure. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Okay, so that's one of my favorite things to do is meet someone new who has the the correct perspective here is how does this help children learn? Does this help children learn? 
That is so simple. I, I, I often think about the debates that I've had with people on education and I'll say to myself, you know, we, we walk away from it and it's just like being with uh, someone who doesn't speak the same language. We talked, but that person didn't hear me and didn't understand the perspective I was coming from. I'm going to take that question and put it in my toolkit. And the next time I'm engaging with someone on education, I'm going to ask them the question, uh, whatever the subject is we're discussing, and see if that takes it in another direction. Great, great interview. Um, So one more thing as we're closing out the podcast here today, I want to tell you about an option for your health insurance that really it saves a ton of money. Uh, We actually did the calculations ourselves. It is a $500 a month saving for us as a family. So I would love for you to look into it. It's the Alliance for Shared Health. They're a ministry with over 40,000 households participating and you get to share in the financial burden of healthcare expenses, meaning all of your premiums that you're paying are going in. And these are the member responsibility amounts. They go in and cover the cost of critical illness, accidents, dental, and vision. And the point I'd like to make is that if you're in a small group health insurance plan that you're contracting with a United Healthcare or something like that, you're in a, a group plan just like the one that I'm describing to you. Only the difference is there's no support of abortion or things like that that you know you find morally repugnant as a Christian. So you can access the virtual care provider at zero cost, pick up your prescription at the pharmacy using the share prescription card, order lab and imaging tests at discounts of up to 80%. And you can take advantage of this year round, specifically now, because open enrollment is now. So don't miss out on the chance to save 50 to 70% on your monthly premiums. You're making a difference in the lives of others who share your values. So you can reach out to Ash today at stacyontheright.com and familyvisionmedia.org. Both of the the sites have the banner. You click it, it takes you through. Um, They have a neat little uh, calculator on there to help you figure out what you want to do. Check it out today at stacyontheright.com or familyvisionmedia.org. It's the Alliance for Shared Health, changing healthcare, changing lives. Don't forget that I am having my inaugural Stacy on the Right show, 50 State Challenge. We're going to take calls from all 50 states in the union. We want one call from every state, obviously. Don't let this flop. I have the opportunity to have all of the states represented and the 14 provinces of Canada. That happens on Thursday night.